Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us at Spirit of Grace Church. We're so glad that you are able to join us this evening for a few minutes of opening up the Word of God and being able to look at some things that will hopefully help us grow and become more and more like Him. And uh, at Spirit of Grace Church, our mission statement is being Spirit-filled, Spirit-led, and Christ-like. And we pray that uh, we will manifest that in our journey with Him. And we want to welcome you especially to our uh, feed tonight, both on Facebook and if you're watching later on YouTube. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're excited about what God is doing, what he's up to, uh, even though we don't see it all clearly yet. In fact, the Bible says we're not going to see anything clearly for a long time, at least until the trumpet sounds. Then we're going to see him face to face. But until then, we see through a glass darkly and... Uh, we just have to trust in him. And uh, so I'm looking forward to being able to share with you uh, tonight what God has laid on my heart for us in this season. And uh, I, I think the Lord's been doing it actually for several weeks now. Um, some of my messages have kind of declared this. And um, I don't know how our election is going to turn out. Um, after all of the legal ramifications and arguments that come, I don't know who's going to ultimately be the president. Um, but uh, I just I, I feel like the Lord is trying to create a path for the church to be even more effective than what they are. And I guess that's kind of what's on my heart tonight. And uh, so I want to share that with you. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you turn to the book of Proverbs, in our Grace College on Monday nights, we've been teaching the pillars of wisdom from the wisdom literature of Proverbs, and uh, this passage came up in my reading, and uh, I'm glad to be able to have a resource like the Scriptures. When we live in a, in a world where you never know what's going to happen, uh, we know that God is God in all control, and there's an answer for everything in His Word, and so we're glad that you're able to join us. Tonight, reading from Proverbs chapter 16, I want to read the first four verses uh, of Proverbs. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, we can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. I could stop there and probably teach a whole lesson on that because we as humans tend to be plan makers and we have dreams and ideas. And uh, so verse number two. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Verse 3, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. That's the scripture I'm going to focus in on tonight. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. The Lord has made everything for his own purposes, even the wicked for a day of disaster. Uh, there's the Verse 3 and 4 is what I want to focus in on tonight. Commit your actions to the Lord. And your plans will be successful. And then verse 4, the Lord has made everything for his own purposes. Uh, this is sometimes difficult for you and I to grasp what's going on in the world today because it doesn't always make sense. And things begin to happen that are kind of out of our control. Uh, really, most of it's out of our control. And we kind of wonder where God is and what's going on and why things are happening the way they're happening. I want to just reassure you tonight that God has not been surprised by anything that has happened over the last 24 hours. 
God knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, if we as Christians really claim to be Christian, we'll lean on the word of God. And the word of God tells us in Romans 13 that he sets up powers and he puts powers down. So whoever ultimately wins this election, uh, I know some people say, well, that's just a cop out. You're just kind of trying to make yourself feel better. No, this is what God is really, I believe, speaking into the church. Uh, whether uh, Vice President Biden becomes president or President Trump be, becomes reelected, um, we need to be looking above that situation or that position and look at what God is trying to do and look to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so we get to this passage in scripture here, and uh, there, there's two, two scriptures, verse 1 and verse 3, kind of, con or verse 1 and verse, yeah, 3, kind of connect together. It says that we make our plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. We can make plans all day long. And uh, I, I remember back in the day, I've, I've got everything on my cell phone now. I just pull up a calendar and, and I know what's happening in the next couple of weeks. I remember when we used to walk around with one of those, they called them day timers, like it kept track of the day, you know, and uh, tried to follow along and you had to write everything down. And then when the plans changed, you crossed it out or you white out. Some of you don't even know what white out is, but when you white something out and, and you write over it and all of those kinds of things, but we, we like to make plans. We like to make goals. We like to say, this is where we want to be in five years. This is where we want to be in a year. We want to plan this. We want to plan that. It's, it's inbred in us to be planners. Uh, even to our yearly schedule, um, I know in January, uh, I have to put in for my vacations uh, for work. So I'm already planning in January our time off throughout the year. And so we are we tend to be planners and but the bible says you can make your own plans but the lord gives the right answer in other words the lord will tell you whether your plans are going to be successful or not uh he, he's going to allow it to happen or not happen and that's where verse three comes in where it says commit your actions to the lord and then your plans will become successful i, I here here's what sometimes there's a get disconnect or there's this philosophy or teaching out there that uh, if you commit yourself to the Lord, or there's another passage in the Psalms that says, delight yourself or delight, uh, yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart that if you'll just love him and serve him and praise him, then you'll get what, what you want. It's not what either one of these scriptures are really saying. What these scriptures are saying, uh, in, in this particular one in, in Proverbs 16, three, when your actions are committed to the Lord, then your plans will be successful because your actions will be committed to him, and then he will provide the actions that make your plan succeed. In other words, your what's going to be succeeding is his plan, not your plan. When you commit yourself unto him, you're giving up your plan and your agenda, and you're allowing God to turn your agenda into into his agenda, and then you know everything God does is successful. It's the same with the other scripture that I quoted out of Psalms that says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And uh some people have taught, well, if you'll just delight in him, then you'll get what you want, what your heart wants. Well, that's, Scripture says he's going to give you the desires of your heart. He's going to put those desires in there. And when you get desires, of, when you've delighted in the Lord, those desires that are coming out are actually his desires taking up residence in you. And so I want to, uh, and then notice again in verse number four, the Lord has made everything for his own purpose. That sometimes is hard for us to 
grasp a hold of. Everything is for his purpose. So whether it, it's, whether it feels good or whether it makes us struggle, whether it uh, trips us up sometimes, it's for his purpose. Whether we have to deal with heartbreak, heartache, whether we have to deal with stress or anxiety, uh, the goal that the Lord has is that we would turn all that over to him, verse 3, commit your actions to the Lord. But what, he's, what we really have to understand is that everything that's causing all of that is all there designed for his purpose. And so I want to uh, speak a little bit today on commitment or the heart and soul of success, if you will. Uh, I, I believe in commitment. I believe that commitment is very important. I believe that nobody wants to work with or follow after or really even be associated with people that just uh, come and go. There's no commitment. There's no steadfastness. No, there's no faithfulness to whatever it is, whether it be a business adventure, a family adventure, whatever it is. Nobody wants to be around somebody that doesn't know or want to be committed to uh, something that they're doing. I, as, as many of you know, I grew up in uh, the house of a hockey player. My father was a, an Olympian in 1972. He was blessed to go to Sapporo, Japan, where he won a silver medal with the Olympic hockey team. And then he played professionally for a year uh, with the Minnesota Fighting Saints. And uh, so I, I kind of grew up admiring the game of hockey. I played the game of hockey uh, for most of my childhood. And uh, I always, for me personally, I, I didn't grow very fast. I, I was kind of, I'm still not real tall. I'm barely six feet, if that. Um, but when I was, you know, all through growing up until really my junior and senior year of high school, I was probably one of the shorter guys on the team. But I remember watching different players that my dad had played with, and a couple of them came to mind. There was a, a gentleman by the name of Keith Christensen, known as Huffer. Uh, he was... He was probably 5'6 or 5'5, five, 5'6, five, five, 150 pounds. He was not a big guy. There was another gentleman by the name of Stu Irving. Uh, he was not very big. He was probably 5'7. Both of these gentlemen played on the Olympic team with my dad and won silver medals as Olympians. And if you know anything about the game of hockey, the 5'6, five, 5'7 five, guy on the ice is, is gets bounced around a little bit. And uh, and it's not it's very uh, it's not very often it's more rare than not that somebody that that small will play the game of hockey um and then there was one other guy by the name of Mike Antonovich another guy that wasn't real big but man was he he quick and good and the one thing that these three gentlemen seemed to have uh is that they were committed to their profession um they may not have been the one of the best players although uh, two of them I know are at least, at least two of them I'm pretty sure are in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, but uh, I, I know for uh, the gentleman by the name of Stu Irving, when he was getting ready for the Olympic team, he was actually over in the Mekong Delta serving our country. And he brought some pucks and a stick over and shot over and over and over into the sandbags in Vietnam, just hoping for the opportunity. And when he came back and was given the opportunity to play, uh, he was totally sold out and committed. And that's what these three gentlemen have in common, is that they were committed to their profession. They didn't let 
obstacles such as their size. Uh, in other words, what we would say sometimes is uh, they had heart. And really heart is commitment. I'm sold out to what I am deciding to do. And uh, there is filled in scripture all kinds of people that we can think of that uh, uh, committed themselves to the Lord beyond measure and may have been ordinary uh, men and women but were used mightily of God not because they were maybe the most talented or the wealthiest or whatever uh, but they were committed to what God was wanting them to do. I think of people like Joshua, who said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And uh, I, I, he was probably a, a strategical thinker. He was probably a leader. But at the same time, he was a slave. He, he came out of slavery and became uh, a great leader of Israel. Um, but when he started his life, he was just another person in Egypt trying to trying to make it, just trying to be there, but he was faithful in doing what God wanted him to do when God called on him. Then you've got people like David. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, to behold the beauty of the Lord. He, he had something in him. The Bible calls him, or God calls him actually, a man after his own heart. And uh, But what made David different? When you think about David, um, and, and all the things that uh, he did, he's got a laundry list of accomplishments, but where did he start? He was a boy that was actually kind of forgotten on the backside of the uh, hills where he took care of the sheep, and he just so happened to gain fame by being the delivery boy for his father, bringing some cheese and crackers, if you will, to his brothers on the front line when he came up against Goliath. He was just the ruddy young man that was anointed to be the king. Noah spent 120 years building an ark without any idea of really what rain was or flooding was, uh, but he gave his life to God, the work of God and to building of the ark, and because of his commitment with no hint, for 120 years, no real hint of what was getting ready to happen, but he was faithful and committed to what God wanted to have happen because God saw down the road was getting ready to happen and he was trying to put in place humans, not just situations, but humans in place to accomplish what he was wanting to accomplish. Uh, and, and we read over and over, Abraham left his family and went and um, wandered for a city whose builder and maker was God. We can see in the New Testament, the apostles turned the, church, or the world upside down with the gospel and the commitment. We read by tradition that the disciples and the apostles uh, died miserable deaths, uh, martyrs' deaths, if you will, because of their commitment to the Lord. And so it, be, it begs the question, what does being sold out to God or what does commitment mean in the eyes of God? And I, I saw this definition and I really liked it. It really spoke to what I'm trying to get across to, to you tonight, and that is this. A commitment is an agreement or a pledge to do something to improve the future conditions of any situation. It's an agreement or a pledge to do something to improve in the future conditions of any situation. Uh, and you can go on and on and on. You think about 
moments in history where an ordinary individual, whether it be a male or a female, when they would step to the fore, we think of Esther in the, the Old Testament, who came to the kingdom for such a time as this. And uh, I believe that God is wanting to, or is looking for a church. And when I say church, I'm talking about the people of God, the children of God. I believe that he is looking for a people that are committed and sold out and are fulfilling the commandment that says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. You see, sometimes, and, and we mentioned this, I think, recently in one of our Sunday messages, sometimes we allow God to become a spoke on our wheel instead of the hub of our wheel. And when you're really committed to something, it becomes the focal point of your life. It becomes the, the thing that you build everything else around. And I believe what's happening in the world today, and I, I don't claim to be a prophet. Uh, as one person said, I, I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of the prophet, but I do work for a nonprofit organization. And, uh, but I don't claim to, to be able to speak into the future. But here's what I do sense in the spirit. I sense that with everything that's going on, not just here in America, but around the world, I believe that what's getting ready to happen is a great move of God in this last hour before he comes for his bride. Before the trumpet sounds, he's wanting to do something amazing at least one more time. And, and we say that all the time, or we, I've heard that all the time, I should say. But, but really with everything that's going on, I just really sense it in my spirit that now is the time when God's people must really become committed not committed to a church service, not committed to three worship songs and listening to a preacher, but committed to following God and the path that God is choosing for us. I believe that God is trying in the midst of, at least here in America, in the midst of this election turmoil and whatever's going to happen, like I said, quite frankly, it, 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 to me it doesn't necessarily matter which person becomes president because God is still in control and leading us. And, and here's what I believe God is trying to get the attention of his people is to focus on the right kingdom. Commit yourself to the right kingdom. Uh, I pray, uh, I, I don't post on social media all that often. Every once in a while I'll post, but I read, you know, Facebook and things quite often. And uh, I pray that as committed as people were through this election process, and, and I don't mean to degrade anybody that's doing it, but there, as much energy as they are putting out there, I pray that something would shift now that this election is pretty much over, that they will shift and put as much energy into trying to get their candidate elected uh, as much as they did that. I, I'm praying that they commit to the kingdom of God. I, I'm not just talking about Christians and, and friends that are in the Christian world. I'm talking about everybody on social media. As much time and energy and money uh, billions and billions of dollars were put into this election season to either vote for a Republican or a Democrat or an Independent or one of the other parties. Uh, but the focus was incredible. The, the amount of money was incredible. The amount of time that was spent, the amount of, uh, we've had news broadcasts going 24 hours a day for how many weeks talking simply about the election. Could it be that God is trying to, to, to nudge the church and urge the church forward to say, as committed as you have been to the earthly things, it's time now to be committed to the heavenly things? 
Could it be that God is calling us to a new level of commitment? And you may say, well, pastor, I've always been committed. And, and, and I'd like to think that I've always been committed. But there have been times and seasons in my life where the things of God don't take necessarily a back seat, but they take a side seat. I'm, I'm focused in on getting something done here in this world. And, and I've, I've gotten sidetracked some and just distracted from the things of that world. But I believe God is trying to call his church back to a focused commitment. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Listen, our plans may not succeed in this world, but if we commit our actions to the Lord, our actions will definitely succeed in that world. And, and so much so that I believe that God gives us uh, an example for us. I, I mentioned several of them, and many of them were Old Testament uh, believers that that were committed to the things of God and the New Testament disciples and apostles and 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 I could go down you know a whole list of people uh, probably pages and pages and pages of faithful saints that lived for God in the heat of uh, of trial and tribulation and yet still uh, focused in on what what God was trying to do them people like Michael Servetus and Martin Luther and and all kinds of people and. Uh, that that have that have served God to the detriment of their natural bodies, to the detriment of their natural existence and the things that were going on around them. They faced prison, they have faced ridicule, they faced beatings, uh, they have faced death, and yet they were committed to the Lord. I am praying, and I have been asking God, God, let me be like they were. Let me be so committed to the things of Your kingdom to prayer, to your word, to getting to know you, to sharing my faith with others, to leading our church in a way that you would would devise, that you would desire, that you would be pleased. Because more than anything that happens in this world, God is trying to get us to put our attention into the heavenly place that God is dwelling. I believe that the ultimate goal of the Lord from the very beginning of time was to have sweet communion with you and I, uh, starting with Adam and Eve. And when that was broken, he has done everything that he can from that point till today to try to get humanity's attention to have communion. But that communion, I don't think, is the only thing that he has been looking for because the Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, you believe also in me. I go to prepare a place for you. He has been preparing a place for us because that where he is, there we may be also. I want to be where he is eventually. I want to be in his presence now, but I want to be with him then. And, and the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. There is a different reality than what you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. There is a reality of the kingdom of God. It's a parallel kingdom right now because we're dwelling in a human temple but we're, we have the divine presence of God with us, but there's coming a day when this human, human or natural temple, the Bible puts it this way, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away, and a new earth it will, will, will come. And so we can't allow ourselves to go and get so interconnected with the things of this world that we miss what God is trying to do in the spirit. I, I, I need to give this warning to us 
that whether your candidate wins or not, whether it be local politics, national politics or not, no matter what has happened in this, it's just temporary. We are citizens of another kingdom. We are citizens of another country. And I've read the back of the book and I know who the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is. I know who we're leaning on. I know who we're looking to. And so I am praying and challenging you to do what God is trying, I believe, to get us to do, and that is commit ourselves to his kingdom like never before, to draw closer to him than ever before, to get into his word like never before, to find out what his desires are like never before. This, uh, and there again, I, I'm, I'm speaking this, it looks like the election may go one way, but we don't really know for several more days what's going to happen in this election. And uh, so whether you are a uh, Biden supporter or a Trump supporter, it doesn't really matter to me who it is. Some of you will be happy because your candidate won. Some of you will may, may not be as happy. But here's the thing. The candidate is going to be there a maximum of eight years should the Lord tarry. But the Lord is there forever. And the Lord is there for eternity. And I, I believe that God is using the chaos and the turmoil of what we're dealing with right now, trying to get the attention of his people to say, stop getting so tangled up and tied up and emotionally distraught with the things of this world, but get a hold of my hand, get a hold of my spirit, get a hold of my anointing, and let my kingdom invade your kingdom. And when my kingdom comes, it's going to be more powerful than your kingdom because my kingdom overrides all other kingdoms because I'm the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the, I am the Almighty. I have all power that's been given unto me. And when we unite with the right kingdom, it doesn't matter what happens around us. We'll be able to feel content and we'll be able to feel happy and we'll be able to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Praise God. And so I believe that, that we need to take a step back uh, listen, I am as political as they come. I listen to the talk radio. I read the paper. I watch the news. Uh, I, I get I get my um, emotions connected to some of it. And I have just been fighting for the last couple of weeks uh, on somewhat of an emotional level not to let myself get so tied up because I can't really control outside of the vote that I put in yesterday there's not much that I can do to change what's happening around us. I just have to trust that God knows what he's doing, and I need to focus on his kingdom. And the Bible says it this way, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Everything will be okay if you're seeking the right kingdom. And so I believe God is calling us to a commitment. And, and God was an example of commitment to you and I. It was, it was his desire... Uh, it goes beyond our thinking of the commitment that he has for us. Uh, I want you to think about this. The Bible says in Revelation 13 that um, even before anything was created in his mind, he already had the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. He already had Calvary in mind before he even created us. And yet he was so committed to his idea of us that he created us anyhow, knowing that he would have to suffer and die. That's called commitment. That's called commitment. He was committed to you and committed to me. When we realize how committed he is to us, it should be easy for us to commit to him. Uh, sometimes it's a lot more difficult because we tend to operate on our own agenda more often. But that's what the writer of Proverbs says here is commit your actions to the Lord. Get rid of your 
commitments to yourself and commit your actions to the Lord and then watch how the plans um, begin to be successful. In Genesis 3.15, we see the first prophecy, if, if you will, that he promised that he would make a way to destroy the serpent and the enemy, Satan, if you will. And, and so all the way going forward to Bethlehem, we're heading into the holiday season and we're coming out of this election season and we're heading into Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's probably my favorite season of the year, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we're excited about what God can do. But uh, I, I wish that we would be smart enough, and I'm saying all of us, just me included, I wish we would be smart enough to take the spirit of Thanksgiving and apply it to the rest of the year. Because the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. But he was born in Bethlehem, and from the day that he was born until he died, he was preparing, he was committing, he was desiring to bring his human uh, creation back into communion with him. 2 Corinthians 5.9 says, To wit that God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world unto himself. I am thankful that he is committed to us. I'm thankful that the book of Romans, I think I mentioned it in recent message as well, nothing can separate us from his love. Why? Because he is committed beyond measure to you and I. And could it be that we are entered into a situation where God is saying, hey, listen, don't worry about what's happening in the natural world. Go above the natural world and see what's happening in the spirit world. Because as the victories may happen down here in the natural world for some and, and, and seemingly defeat for others in the spirit world, victory is happening for the kingdom of God. God is going to use the situation that we're in as a people in America, in Canada, in Mexico, around the world, in Russia, in, in China, in Japan, wherever his people are, God is going to let his kingdom come. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so I, I want to come to a close here a little bit tonight and, and share a story with you about a young couple a husband and wife that had a child that was so severely deformed and thought to be uh, mentally incapable of living on his own. And they went to 22 different doctors, and every doctor said the same thing, institutionalize the child. He will never walk, he'll never talk, he'll never have normal functions, and he will probably die at a very young age. The 23rd doctor uh, that they went to said there is a chance, a slight chance for your son to overcome his problems, but it will take working with him every day, eight to 10 hours a day. And if you miss just one day, uh, it will put him in a regression that he may or may not come out of. Well, the parents deep desire and commitment for their children or for this child, uh, because they wanted him to have some sense of normalcy. They wanted him to have some uh, opportunity to, to live on his own and to make it on his own. Uh, they, they, they committed him, themselves to him for 365 days a year, eight to 10 hour days were dedicated to this child. And it was amazing to see a picture of a father and a mother jogging with a young man about 20 years old who was never supposed to make it. He was attending college. He was living a normal life because his parents were committed to them and committed to 
his well-being. Uh, and you can't tell me that that was easy, working eight to ten hours a day every day with that child to, to overcome his shortcomings, if you will. Well, listen, God saw our shortcomings. Uh, God saw that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. God saw that we would all mess up. God saw that we were incapable of being normal. We were incapable of being normal in the eyes of God and, and incapable of being normal to be in the presence of God. And so God was so committed to us that he came to this world, wrapped himself in flesh, became a little baby and died on a cross so that he could show his commitment to us so that you and I could have what we have today. Is it always comfortable in life? Absolutely not. Do we deal, have we dealt with are we going to deal with uh, things that, that, that are going to almost destroy us, beat us down, make us struggle, make us fight? Yes, the Bible says it. It says, in this world you will have tribulation. But then it says this, but rejoice because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Listen, God has overcome our election. God has overcome every election. God has overcome every election in every country. God has overcome every uh, political system, every financial system, every uh, aspect of this world. He is above it. He's bigger than it. He created it all. He's watched it all happen. Nothing occurs to him and nothing happens by accident in his hand. That's how committed he is to us. So my challenge to you and my question to you is, are you going to get as committed to him as you possibly can. Are you going to commit yourself like never before in the midst of this? I believe we are living in the, in the last days. I believe that the trumpet of God could sound at any moment. And I don't say that with a spirit of fear. I say that with a spirit of excitement. At the same time, there's something in the back of my spirit that's saying, Lord, just give us a little more time to reach a few more people. Give us just a little bit more time. Lord, we've committed ourselves to attracting people to your kingdom. Give us a little bit longer to attract a few more. But if you should come, Lord, come quickly because we want to see you face to face. We want to be in your presence. And so in these last days when the trump of God is getting ready to sound, will you commit yourself unto the kingdom of God and make the kingdom of God the hub of your life and let everything else go around it, circle around it. Uh, and only you can answer that question, yes or no, and only you will know whether or not you're accomplishing that commitment because we won't, nobody else will know. We can't look at your checkbook. We can't look at your calendar. We can't see where you're at and what you're doing. Only you know whether you're committed truly and fully to the kingdom of God. And so I pray tonight that in the midst of everything that's going on, that we will take this, the old saying, carpe diem, seize the day. Take this day, take this opportunity for the kingdom of God to flourish. There may be people that are emotionally distraught because of what's going on, the elections or the, the unrest or the pandemic, whatever it is, there's people that are, that's when we should step in as the body of Christ and say, it's going to be okay. I know a God that has done more than, than could ever be imagined. And I've read and I know what is going to happen in the future. He's going to win. We're going to be at peace. And if you'll just, if you'll just come into communion with him and relationship with him, you can have that same peace. Uh, the peace that passes all understanding. 
the peace that goes deeper than any situation or any trouble, the one that can walk upon the waves, the one that, that can sleep in a ship without any fear uh, of being overturned. That's the God that we serve. So why not commit to him? And no matter who's elected in the next couple of days, both men uh, will fail. Both men will struggle because they're humans. They're not always going to make others happy. They're always not always going to do the right thing. They're not always going to make the exact right decision, either one of them. But I do know somebody that's running a kingdom, that, that's reigning in a kingdom, that never makes a mistake, that is in total control. His name is Jesus. He's sitting on the throne. And I look forward to the day when I can cast crowns at his feet with you. But until then, Lord, let your kingdom come alive in us. Let your kingdom be exposed to those in this world. Help us to be the light on a, on a hill, a city on a hill, a light that cannot be hid. Salt and, and, and allow us, God, to let your kingdom shine through us. Help us to reflect your kingdom. And so I'm challenging you one last time tonight. Commit yourself unto the Lord. Uh, commit your actions to the Lord and watch your plan succeed because everything he's created is for his purpose. Praise God. Would you join me in prayer right now? Jesus, uh, I, I'm thankful to be able to share this, this thought with these great people that are watching in all kinds of different platforms. And I'm praying, God, that something that is said would challenge them, Lord, to draw closer to you. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I want to seek your kingdom above all things. I want to know you in the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings. I want to be one with you. I want to be in your glory. I want to be in your anointing. Lord, I want to be spirit-filled, spirit-led, and I want to become like you. Lord, we'll be careful to give you praise and glory. I'm asking you, Lord, now for anybody that, uh, Lord, is distraught because of what's going on in the world, whether it be the the, the COVID, whether it be the unrest in the streets, whether it be the election and the politics, Lord, whatever is causing anxiety and worry, I come against that in the name of Jesus. I bind that up. Your word says not to be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let our request be made known unto you. And so I'm calling on you right now. I'm binding up worry and fear and apprehension. I come against it and I speak against it by the authority of the word of God. Loose joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance into every heart tonight. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory until your kingdom calls us home. We'll love you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. I want to thank you for joining us online tonight and being a part of Spirit of Grace Church on our online midweek service. Uh, I want to remind all of you that are local here that on December 5th and December 6th, we're going to be having our annual Christmas concert. We're having two of them this year. Um, but because of the COVID pandemic uh, restrictions, we want to be able to make sure that we're safe and that we have social distancing in place. And so we are uh, allowing 100, we're selling 100 tickets per concert uh, it's only $5 for the concert, and if you've ever been to one of our concerts, um, and, and I can say this because I'm not even singing in it anymore, but it's a fantastic group of singers, and uh, they are phenomenal. They're well worth the $5, and you can go to spiritofgracechurch.org and follow the prompts or go to the donate page, and you can buy your tickets, and when you buy your ticket, uh, we'll have your name on hand, so you'll be able to come to that concert on the 5th or the 6th. 
on the 5th. It'll be 6 p.m. on the 6th. It will be 2 p.m. We look forward to having uh, a great time together, kicking off the Christmas season. And uh, may God richly bless you. Thank you again for joining us. Hey, have a great week and uh, stay strong and be committed unto the kingdom.